Well, as we're uh, kicking off this series here, it's the study of the book of Proverbs, and it's this thought of how we're all going to grow smarter, which is a good thing. That's a really a good thing. Uh, I want to tell you a quick story as we get started. Maybe you heard the story about the guy. Uh, he and his wife had, had just turned 55, just about the same time. The birthday's close together, so they went on a trip together. They were there on the beach, and would you believe it, the waves washed a bottle up onto the sand, onto the beach area there. They looked at it and thought, oh my goodness, could it be true? And they opened up the bottle. Sure enough, a genie comes out. This is not in the Bible. And the genie says, I'll give you one wish. What is your wish? The man thought, man, we're kind of getting up in years. And he looked over at his wife, and he loves his wife, but he's just thinking, man, wouldn't it be great? So he said, I'm just going to try it. So he said, I wish that my wife was 25 years younger than me. Instantly, he became 80 years old. <laughs> you got to be careful what you wish for. How many of you say, though, you wish you were a little bit smarter? Come on, wave at me at all the campuses. You just say, I wish that I was just a little bit smarter. Anybody ever heard of the show or watched the show? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? It's depressing. Because five minutes into it, I know the answer. For me, the answer is no. I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. Is it just me or have you noticed that homework for kids anymore is like ridiculous? Right? Whenever they say, Dad, can you help me with my homework? I'm like, yeah, no big deal. Let's just look at it. And you kind of look at it for a second. You're like, okay, no, what, no, what now? What do you, yeah, I just don't know. Okay. Okay, I, you know what? Come to, I got a lot I got to do right now. Ask your mama. You know, it's just like... <laughs> Daddy's got to do important things. I'm building a space shuttle in the backyard. Things that are really, really like, it's complex. Let your mama help you with your homework. You can look at some of this stuff and just think, man, how do you do this? Or I don't know what to do. Or you're in situations that just make you feel dumb. Let me ask you this. Have you ever made a decision and then you realize after the decision that it was a bad one? Come on, wave at me if you've ever done that before. You ever had that? Man, that was not my brightest moment. You regretted it. Well, next time you regret a bad decision, I want you to be reminded of the story I'm about to tell you here. Let me ask you, have you ever heard of the name Ron Wayne? Wave at me if you ever heard of Ron Wayne before. Not John Wayne. I'm saying Ron Wayne. You ever heard of Ron Wayne? What about Steve Wozniak? You've ever heard of Steve Wozniak before? Okay, several hands are starting to go up now. What about Steve Jobs? Anybody ever heard of Steve Jobs before? Okay, so just about everybody, you're like, yes, the dude started Apple, right? Actually, all three of those guys did together. Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and Ron Wayne. Ron Wayne looked at it and thought, man, I'm not so sure this is going to work out. And so he said, I want to sell my 10% share of the company. I want out. I don't think this is going to end well. And so he sold 10% of his shares of the company for $800. Had he held on to that 10% today, it would be worth $22 billion with a B, $22 billion. Have you ever made a decision that later you look back and thought, oh, if I could just rewind the clock. We all make mistakes. None of us bat a thousand. None of us get all of the answers right. None of us are educated in everything. As a matter of fact, it's been my experience that some people can be really smart in one area and then be clueless in another. 
I mean, you can look at somebody, and, and let's just take someone who's really gifted with, with auto mechanics, and they're able to tear an engine apart and put it back together. I say, that's great, but I don't want him doing brain surgery on me, right? Say, man, he knows how to do that, and that is a gift, that is a talent, that is a skill. But I've watched guys walk into some type of car repair shop, and maybe this person pulling in has all of these degrees behind their name. They, they, they have uh, maybe their doctor. Maybe they, they are a brain surgeon, but they walk in, and the mechanic who knows the ins and the outs of all of the vehicle, they're talking in a language that the doctor's just like, can you fix it or not? That's all I need to know. See, we're all smart in different ways and in different things. I've noticed this even with some of the best of the best or the brightest of the brightest or some of those who are gifted maybe athletically. And you think, oh, well, it's just physical strength. That's not a mental thing. But if you pay attention to those who climb to the highest uh, levels of their profession, if you're talking like even the NBA or the NFL, these are guys who are not only strong physically, but they have an athletic mind. Maybe you've heard commentators say things like, they have a great mind for the game. They understand it. They see things and they know what to do or how to process it. Like in a nanosecond, faster than the rest of us mere mortals can do. There's, there's a mentality, a mindset that goes along with it. And yet, even though they could be so smart in that specific area, it's really a crazy thought when you consider that the NFL's average salary is $2.1 million per year. And some of those great players who make all of that money, 78% of all NFL players go broke within two years after they stop playing, according to Sports Illustrated. And you think, how could you lose millions? Come on, how many of you are with me? You're like, how could you lose millions like that in two years? And you're like, it's possible. I just would like to try it. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me a shot at it. Maybe you've heard the name before, J. Paul Getty. J. Paul Getty was a businessman, very successful businessman. He was fluent in French, German, and Italian. At his height, in today's terms... His net worth was approximately $26 billion. And yet in 1981, when the L.A. Times wrote an article on his autobiography, they quoted Getty as saying, I've never been given to envy except towards those who were able to make a marriage work. It's an art, and I've never been able to master it. My record, five marriages, five divorces, in short, five failures. He says, I hate to be a failure. I hate and regret the failure of my marriages. Listen to this. Catch this. I would gladly give all of my millions for just one lasting marital success. I mean, a guy who has billions of dollars and all that would come with that, you may look at his life and think, that dude has it all. That dude is a total success. And yet he's saying, that I know how to do. This over here, I don't know how to do it. And I would gladly give up all of this if I could just have that. And history is littered with people who were smart maybe in an area or educated in a specific field. But I'm discovering that you can't be educated in everything, yet the Bible makes it clear you can be and you should be wise in everything. 
There's a difference in just being smart in a particular area or educated in a certain field and living a life of wisdom. That's what this series is all about. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very, very practical. It's going to be very, very helpful. Uh, This book, Proverbs, is just one that's fun to look at. It's one that every single day as you read it, there will be nuggets of truth that you can take and you can apply to your life that day. It's something that can help you in so many ways. As a matter of fact, I'd say it's probably uh, the most practical book in the entire Bible and covers just about every area of everyday life. So today we kick it off. We start with just an introduction, kind of an overview of the book itself, and then for the next few weeks, we're going to have fun just breaking it down. So to help get us started today, let's answer a couple of simple questions as we start off. First, number one would be this, what is a proverb? When we're talking about proverbs, what is a proverb? Well, the definition would be a short, pithy saying stating a general truth, a short Pithy, I just like that word pithy. Short pithy, saying, stating a general truth. You might think of it this way. If Solomon were to write the book of Proverbs today, he just might call it Tweets by Solomon. I mean, it's this thought of just this truth condensed and just to a few words that carry a, a big punch and it carries some type of insight. I want you to understand when we're talking about a proverb, answering what is a proverb, that there is a difference in a promise from God's Word and a proverb that is found in God's Word. How many of you know that promises of God that you can bank your eternity on them? God's promises are true. God's promises are reliable. 100% of them, 100% of the time. How How many of you are thankful for the promises that we have in God's Word? Aren't you thankful for His promises? You can bank on them. You say, are you saying we can't bake on Proverbs? There's a difference in a promise and a proverb. A proverb is a general truth. It is a rule of thumb. As a matter of fact, when you're reading through Proverbs, you'll find a proverb that says uh, that the, the hardworking farmer who takes care of his land is going to have an abundant harvest. But the person who chases fantasies are going to come to poverty. It's a proverb. Because we all know that there are some hardworking farmers who work diligently on their land, but because of drought or because of some set of circumstances, maybe they don't receive a harvest that season. They don't get a crop. And we've all heard stories of somebody who said, yeah, I just quit my job, played the lottery, won $22 million, right? And that's why everybody wants to run out and play the lottery. But a proverb, a general truth would be like, that's not going to work out very well for you. You're like, oh, yeah, but look at what happened with a farmer. As a rule, when you work hard, when you're responsible, when you're diligent, when you do the right thing, here's the rule of truth with that. There's going to be a reward. There's going to be a harvest that comes from that. So as we're studying it, the reason I mention that is that I don't want you to be reading through Proverbs and you find a proverb that you're having a difficult time reconciling with your current circumstances and so you ditch the proverb because it doesn't seem to be in alignment with your reality. I would say this, that when you apply God's promises and when you apply the Proverbs from the Word of God, you will win in life. 
If you choose to roll the dice and gamble against it and try and play towards the exception, you will always, always, ultimately regret it. So these principles are powerful when you apply them to life and you expect things to go much better for you when you do. That's what a proverb is. Now we have a better understanding of it. Now let's answer this second question. Number two, what is the point of the book of Proverbs? We're going to spend this series looking into it. Let's just know right out of the gate what is it all about. Like what's the point? What's the purpose of it? Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. As a matter of fact, the word wisdom is found 55 times throughout this book. And I would say to you that as we go through this, by the end of it, you're going to get a lot of wisdom. Come on, tell your neighbor again, you're about to get smart. Go ahead and tell them that. You're about to get smart. Man, we're going to learn a lot from it. What's the point of it? The first seven verses is what we'll look at today. And uh, we'll see some of the takeaways, some of the benefits from studying the book of Proverbs and how we will grow wiser. First one would be this. We will learn how to think. When you study the book of Proverbs, it's going to challenge your thinking It's going to grow your thinking. It's going to develop your thinking. You will think at a wiser level as a result of studying the book of wisdom. And the truth is, all of us need help with our thinking. How many of you agree that there's a whole lot of stinking thinking out there, right? And I'm not just talking about the person next to you. I'm talking about the person in your seat today. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David and king of Israel. They will help you learn to be wise, to accept correction, and to understand wise sayings. Look at verse 3. They will teach you to develop your mind in the right way. You see, there is a wisdom and an understanding that comes from God and His wisdom that is much greater than any wisdom I would naturally possess on my own. Uh, He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. God sees the beginning. He sees the end. We have limited perspective. We went through the past, but let's just be honest. Some of us can't even remember what we learned yesterday, right? We've learned some things, but we certainly have never learned whatever's in front of us or ahead of us. But God knows all things. Aren't you thankful today for the reality that God is not limited to your level of thinking or my level of thinking? His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are greater than and higher than our thoughts. When we begin to think God thoughts with God's wisdom, it will shift the way you view life. It will change the way you approach your problems. It will cause you to view opportunities differently when you're looking at them through the lens of God's wisdom. We need wise thinking. There's a second thing. Not only will we learn how to think, but secondly, we will learn how to live. Back to our text in Proverbs chapter 1, starting at verse 1 again, now completing verse 3. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David and king of Israel. They will help you learn to be wise, to accept correction, and to understand wise sayings. They will teach you to develop your mind in the right way, and hear this, you will learn to do what is right and to be honest and fair. What will we learn from this book? We will learn... How to live. 
And living a life of wisdom will bring God's blessing and favor on virtually every single area of your life. You may not be educated in every area of life. You may not be skilled in every area of life. But God's word teaches us that you can be and you should be wise in every area of your life. We need wisdom in our parenting. And all the parents said... We need wisdom in our marriages. And all the married couples said, help us, Lord. We need it in our parenting. We need it in our marriages. We need it in our work. We need wisdom in handling our finances. We need wisdom in handling our friendships. We need wisdom in establishing our priorities. We need wisdom in handling our time management. We need wisdom when avoiding temptation. We need the wisdom of God. I mean, on the simplest of just most basic of things, like you, you're trying to go through your life and you're just trying to keep your life in order. Is it just me or is that more and more difficult in time? Life is happening at breakneck speed. Everything seems to be vying for that first spot of priority. I need the wisdom of God. I can't get it all done. What am I supposed to get done? We need wisdom. A lot of times we get off track and we're chasing all of those things and we're wanting to win here, 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 here. But if we would put wisdom first and pray and ask for God to give us wisdom, we would know what to do with all of these different things. Wisdom will save us from all sorts of pain, hurts, problems, mistakes, and heartaches. You remember the story of Solomon, the guy who wrote the book of Proverbs? Do you remember in his story how God came to him and said, what is your prayer? I will grant it. What is it that you want for me to do for you? Solomon kind of had his genie bottle, so to experience, except for this story is in Scripture. And it is true that God did come to him and say, what is in your heart? What can I do for you? Solomon could have asked for anything. What would you have asked for? Solomon looks at it, and, and he's like, man, he could, he could have said, I just want, like, man, Getty, he had all that money. I would love, if I had money, I could take care of just about anything. He didn't ask for that. He could have asked for wealth. He could have asked for health. He could have said, I want to be strong. I want to be dominant. I, I want to be healthy. I, I want to be powerful. He didn't ask for that. He could have asked for land. He could have asked for health. He could have asked for wealth. He could have asked for all kinds of things, but he didn't. Solomon asked for what? What did he ask for? Wisdom. I would like to think that that's the first thing that would have come to my mind as well. But I have my doubts. But when he asked for wisdom, God not only gave him wisdom, but then what happened in his story? He got all of the other things thrown in. You see, I don't want wisdom to be a part of my life. I want wisdom to permeate my life. It will cause me to be blessed in every other area. We will learn how to think through wisdom. We will learn how to live with wisdom and let me give you this third piece we will learn how to grow we learn how to think we learn how to live we learn how to grow and when you get wisdom it will make the foolish wise and it will make the wise wiser listen to proverbs chapter one let's pick up with verse verse four where we left off said these proverbs will make even those without education smart they will teach young people what they need to know and how to use what they have learned. Even the wise could become wiser 
by listening to these proverbs. They will gain understanding and learn to solve difficult problems. Listen, wise people, truly wise people, are wise enough to know that they can grow wiser still. Smart people are smart enough to know that they don't know that they're, all that there is to know. I mean, when you, when you talk about a know-it-all, they think that they know it all. So what are you going to tell a know-it-all? They got it all figured out. What can a know-it-all learn? Nothing, because they know it all. But a wise person recognizes that whatever wisdom I've attained or I've acquired, there's more to learn. There's more that I need to know. And so Proverbs gives us this warning that foolish people who think that they know it all, they have no desire nor see a need to get smarter, and they're going to miss out. So Proverbs says in chapter 3, verse 7, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't be a know-it-all. Don't feel like you've got it all figured out. Don't have this mindset of what could I really learn from this book? What what would I really stand to gain? Listen to a further warning, Proverbs 26, verse 12. It says, do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. I'm going to read that again because that's for somebody in here today. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? Don't point at him. There is more hope for a fool than for him. But it's our human nature to want to tell everybody what I know. It's my human nature that I want everybody to think that I know more than I know. It's my human nature for me to feel like I've got it together. I've got it figured out. But the path of humility will take us to the destination of wisdom as we recognize whatever it is that I have learned, I have not learned at all, and I want to grow in wisdom. Doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old. Doesn't matter if you're married or single. Doesn't matter if you never finished high school or if you went on to get your master's or your doctorate. God has more for you and you can grow in wisdom. Doesn't matter if you just started your relationship with God or if you've been a Christian for 50 years. God has more for you and you can grow in wisdom. Doesn't matter what age or stage or season in your life, doesn't matter what you've learned up to this point, you can know that God has more for you and you can grow in wisdom. Teenagers, listen to me for just a second. Maybe some of you for the first time. I said, teenagers, you're like, is he talking to us? Yes, I'm talking to you. Listen, teenagers, I want you to know something. Your whole life is ahead of you, and God has a wonderful plan for your life. But one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself is the awareness that you don't know it all. Now, parents, don't be saying amen and all that kind of stuff right now. Thank you, Lord. Glad we came to church. No, listen. Because we've all been teenagers, or you're a teenager right now, And there's just this temptation like at that stage to just think, I know more than my parents. But here's what you'll learn. The older you get, the more you realize, man, my mom and dad have really gotten smart all of a sudden. The truth is, the longer you live, the more that you learn and the more that you know. I just want you to know, young people, one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself 
It's just this commitment to being teachable, to being open, to being a learner, to grow. And can I tell you that you're making decisions today that will affect the rest of your life? You're making choices today that you will live with for the rest of your life. You need the wisdom of God to know how to handle with everything that's going on in our culture around you, with everything that's going on, even with friendships, with relationships. Remember, God sees the beginning and he sees the end. He can see over the fence. We can just see a little part of what's going on. And so God can give you wisdom on your friendships. It's not always the most popular, the coolest guy, the coolest girl, the greatest athlete on campus that you need to allow closest to you. You've got to be very, very careful. So Proverbs will warn you. Proverbs 13, 20 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. Young people, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Be careful. Be wise. Let God lead you. Husbands and wives... You need to grow in wisdom. You need wisdom in your marriage. You need God's help. You need God to help you to know how to think. Some of you just got finished with a, a lot of you are part of the, the relationship series. You heard some things. You took some notes. Husbands are like, note to self, I'm going to work on that. Wives are like, okay, I'll try that. Maybe you are even a part of the marriage conference. You heard some great truth. And man, it wasn't two days later. You had already fumbled the execution, the implementation, the application. And you went back and you're looking at your notes going, I sure thought it said. That made so much sense when they said it at the conference. But there's a difference in knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge would be knowing the facts. They told you at the conference, speak the truth. All right, here we go. Speak the truth. They said it at church. Wisdom is knowing when and how to speak the truth. Baby, how's this dress make me look? Knowledge! You better have some wisdom. How many guys know what I'm talking about right now? Better have some wisdom. Wisdom will tell you tone. Wisdom will tell you time. Your relationship will be a lot closer if you just go, well, I got facts. Facts can be your friend, but wisdom will make sure your wife's still your friend, your husband. You need wisdom. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23 says, A wise man or woman's heart guides his or her mouth we need wisdom moms and dads you know we need the wisdom of the Lord in parenting I know I'm constantly asking for God to give me wisdom in parenting I need his help because there's nothing more important to me than raising my daughters and my son in the ways of the Lord. There's no assignment more important to me there's no greater priority and yet I realize how inadequate I am I don't have all the answers. I pray, God, give me wisdom because why? I'm shaping their hearts. I'm shaping their minds. I'm, I, I'm equipping them. I'm investing in them. I'm, I'm guiding them. God, I need your wisdom. Yet my four-year-old little boy, he can, he can come and ask me a question. Four years old, come and ask me a question about God. And I'm thinking, man, I've been to Bible college. 
I've read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation numerous times. I read it every year. I preach every single weekend. And he asked me a question, and I'm like, well, you see, there are some questions God wants to personally tell you when we all get there. That's one of them. I just don't have all the answers, right? And any parent who's being honest, you'd say the same thing. Sometimes you don't know what to do. We need wisdom. The wiser you are, the stronger you are. Proverbs 24, verse 5 says, A wise man has great power. A wise man has great power. A wise man has great what? Power. I want to be strong. I need the Lord's help. I need the Lord's might. I need the Lord's power. I need his wisdom. That's why Proverbs gives us such a strong emphasis on getting this wisdom in you. Proverbs 8.11 says, Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. What do you desire today? What are you after? What are you praying for? What are you asking for? What is it you're hoping that the Lord will do in your life? And I would suggest to you asking him, seeking him for wisdom would be a great place to start. When it comes to a successful life, wisdom is not a luxury, it's a necessity. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 says, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get wisdom understanding. It will secure you. It will protect you. It will guide you. It will satisfy you. It will save you. It will save your future. It will save your family. It will save your relationships. It will save your career. Get wisdom and never, ever, ever let go. Take it with you everywhere, your home, your work, the grocery store, the gym, on vacation. Take wisdom with you. As I wrap up, I'll give you three closing thoughts. These are action steps. I want to challenge you to do these three things during this series. Number one, ask God for wisdom. Ask him for his help. Ask him. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. In other words, God is not playing hide and seek with his favor of wisdom. He wants you to have it. As a matter of fact, you cannot be who he's created you to be. You cannot do what God's created you to do unless you have the wisdom of God applied in your life. We need his wisdom. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what tensions you're trying to manage right now in your home. I don't know what kind of obstacles you're running into at your work, but I can tell you this. Beyond just the skill of your job, beyond just the knowledge of knowing how to do what you do, when you get there, between the time you get there and clock in and the time you clock out, I can tell you this. When your life is wrapped in the wisdom of God, there will be a favor on your life. There will be an insight. There will be a discernment, a discretion. There will be an awareness of what to do, when to do, and how to do it that will be beyond natural. It's called the wisdom of God. Be apparent not only to you but those around you, and we need it, and God wants you to have it if you just ask him for it. Number two. I challenge you to read a chapter of Proverbs each day. Even if you only just tried to do it just during this series. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Read a chapter a day. And it's not a matter of, well, a chapter of Proverbs a day keeps the devil away. That's not why we're doing it. But a chapter a day will fill my mind with the wisdom of God. And my mind will be transformed. My mind will be renewed. 
I am asking for and praying for wisdom for the mind of Christ. And as I get his word in me, it will shape the way I think, the way I view things, the way I live. I will become wiser. Study it as a family. Each of you read it. Come together and talk. What would you get out of that? What God speak to you? What's that going to look like today at your work? What's going to look like today at school for you? Put notes on your mirror that have Proverbs that jump out to you and bless you. Third and finally, and it's this. Be a wise person and come each week. Don't miss a Sunday so that you can learn more. If wisdom is all that the Word of God just says that it's cracked up to be, if that's what it's all about, then don't miss a single week. Come and grow wiser week after week after week. Don't let the devil get you off track and steal the wisdom from you that God has for you. I'm going to pray for you today. And if you need wisdom in your life, let's together just go before the throne of God and let's ask Him for it. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are not only a wise God, but you've told us that if we would ask, you would give us wisdom. So I pray in the name of Jesus for every brother and sister in this place today, Lord, that you would set your hand on them, that you would fill them with wisdom from heaven, a spiritual wisdom that's greater than anything that we could ever be educated enough on or learn or develop by way of a skill. Lord, it's something that comes through studying you and your word, and you place it in our hearts and our minds. Wrap us, I pray, with wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen.